Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to Full Power, where we lead men in ardently pursuing a loving God. So blessed and thankful to have my buddy Justin Kidd in the studio today hanging out. We're going to hear about his story and what Jesus is doing and has done so far in his life. So stay tuned. You don't want to miss a minute. It's going to be good. JK, what up, bruh? What's up, brother? How you doing? Man, I'm good. It's almost Christmas. It is almost Christmas. So, um, just so you know, this is going to air in February, probably. Oh, it's always it's, Christmas, it's, right? It's almost Christmas in 11 months. No matter if months. does or doesn't have the holiday cups, you're round, baby. Hey, mm. I got something for you. Let's hear it. Caramel apple spice. I say caramel, but well, I'll give it a shot either way. Have you have you checked your heart recently? Mm, that's why I'm on this show. I needed mm, full God, power heart yeah, check. God put it on me. <laughs> I gotta really hang out with Andrew. Hey man, hey man, good company, good company. It's where it starts. Anyway, cool. Um, so I'm gonna do a quick community update to let the guys know what's happening. So hey, full power guys. Um, so we are still targeting quarter two for the community. Um. And we're still also looking for um, some team members to come alongside and help us with that because um, obviously to do a community with excellence, to have a mindset for discipleship and accountability and just good fellowship, uh, we want to make sure that it's a platform that's secure, uh, that provides a safe atmosphere for everybody to share and collaborate and just hang out. So uh, if that's you or you feel led to help with that, we appreciate it. That'd be awesome. Just reach out and uh, we'll get you plugged in. But uh, other than that, We've got an awesome show in store here with Jakidril. <laughs> Jakid. One word. <laughs> One word, all lowercase. No hyphen. All no apostrophe. Jakidril. All lowercase. And uh, since that's uh, an inside joke, since we haven't let everybody in, it's uh, Mr. Justin's uh, Instagram handle that I'm giving him a hard time about because it's all smushed together and all lowercase. At Jakidril. Two Ds. Two Ds. Like Jason Kidd, but I know with hair. Oh, why didn't? Okay, fine. That's that's passable, I guess. So I'm still gonna, I'm still gonna I'm still gonna call you I'm still gonna call you Jakid Real. <laughs> All right, man. I digress. I digress. Hey, you mind opening us up in prayer? Absolutely. Awesome. God, you're good. Thank you for um, just always being there. Thank you for um, making your way to us. And Father, I just ask your favor and blessing on this time. Thank you for Andrew and this ministry through full power and the lives it's going to reach. And God, just continue to provide. Be uh, Jehovah Jireh, the one who provides, Lord. And uh, we trust that you're going to do an amazing work through this ministry, through this episode. And uh, most importantly, that you be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, man. So tell, tell me a little bit about, uh, you know, I know a little bit because we're buddies and, you know, we've known each other for what, like a month, but been a solid six weeks. Yes, yes. I mean, but who's counting? Who's counting? It's been the most magical six weeks, but. Hey, man, you know, when, when again, when you're in good company, you're in good company, and that's where magic happens, so. If you need to know where a good Cuban sandwich is, Andrew's the man to hang out with. That's right. That's right. You're the second person that's shout made out. a specific shout out to Sweet Plantain, my sister-in-law and Familia. her husband's. Yeah, familia. Yes. And, and like we said before, uh, I speak no Spanish, so. Uh, my wife loves that about me because she speaks Spanish natively. So, you know, is what it is. 
we do the best we can with what we got. So, mm. uh, tell me, tell me a little bit about, uh, about Justin, like what, what makes you tick and when did Jesus intersect your life? And just, just give me the rundown, bro. Yeah. So, um, it's a loaded question, man. Where do I start? Uh, man, God, you were so born. Good. You I can was start born, there. <laughs> then there was crying. Then facial hair appeared. Uh, no. Um, no, I'll say, um, man, love my family. Family's super important to me. Um, got awesome parents, mom and dad, um, always provided, um, always were, were at events, supportive. And so, um, grew up in church, um, and, uh, you know, knew about Jesus, um, but, uh, didn't really start taking them seriously until college and, uh, took God working through my now wife. Hallelujah. Um, we met first semester of college and, um, I was looking around trying to, trying to find, uh, Mrs. Wright mm-hmm. and I saw her. Well, uh, she wasn't a big fan of me immediately. So I had to, had to earn those stripes. <laughs> Long story short, went to some yoga classes, tried hanging out with her in group. <laughs> Yoga classes. I'm telling you, dude, there was something about her. She made me work for it, dude. Well, then she started, (laughs) then she invited me to this Wednesday night college ministry. I was like, well, you know, I I need to be at church. She's good looking. She won't date me yet. You know what the term for that is? Like my pastor, I think he coined this. Let's hear it. I'll share it with you for for your future ministry. It's called a gospel fox. Mm. I've got a gospel fox at Bruce Frank. Mm. We're giving him a shout out on the show. At Lori Frank. Phenom couple. That's right. That's Kingdom right. couple, baby. That's right. So mm. you, you've you got a, a gospel fox. I've got a gospel yep. fox. Pastor Frank does. Mm. It's all good. Absolutely. In that order. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, but honestly, um, she, was, she was just a huge blessing. And so, um, but what happened is what was awesome is that I remember it was a Wednesday night. It was in the fall of 2014. And um, I still remember um, the college pastor preached on um, – the rich young ruler. Mm. And I, I just remember like leading up to that point, I felt uncomfortable. People were high-fiving. They were excited to be at church. Uh, this was in a, like a, like a commons room at Western. So like it wasn't even a church. So like, I didn't know really what to expect, but not what I was raised as far as church goes. And so I was like, this is weird. Like yeah. they're raising their hands. Like there's instruments, like not none of the stuff I was used to. All that being said is that it was it was just kind of a culture shock for me, just being honest. I'm like, at what point is this worth it for her? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, what was amazing, man, is that the gospel was preached that night. And like I said, it wasn't a Sunday. It wasn't me wearing a tie or anything. But God met me where I was at. And uh, my whole life I had been a, kind of a rule follower and kind of that goody two-shoes, at least the, the facade I put on. Um, as long as I wasn't as bad as these people or as long as I said my prayers before bed and those kinds of things. You know, I, I believe I was saved when I was 12, but didn't really submit to Jesus as Lord until that point. But I just remember that, man, like this dude went to Jesus and said, what must I do to inherit the kingdom? And Jesus said, follow these rules. And uh, of course, I'm paraphrasing. This is JKV, Justin Kidd's version, <laughs> uh, downloaded on the Bible app. <laughs> Shout out to Craig Rochelle. <laughs> no, um, but long story short, um, and that message, man, it hit me in the face because I've been to church my whole life. And for some reason or another, I'm not blaming anybody, and it was probably more me than, than anybody else, but, man, it hit me in the face in a good way of, like, I can't earn my salvation. Yeah. 
I cannot follow enough rules. I can't be good enough, and I also can't ask how far can I go before it's too far. And at that point, I realized that Jesus was sufficient and that he's also alive and that it was like an impact, like, let's live for him. So, you know, so that's, so from there, um, I remember that uh, following that, uh, Lauren introduced me to some of these guys that had been at that church and they were all hype and they're like, hey, you know, let's hang out, like come to our Bible study on Tuesday night. And I was like, I've been to Bible studies and they're always super boring, but Lauren was staying there. So I was like, sure. You know, again, whatever it takes, right? What we do for our ladies. Exactly. So, um, but man, I tell you, when I went to that small group that Tuesday night, I'm pretty sure it was Tuesday night, I didn't know anybody. And immediately, like, they got so raw and real. That's why I'm wearing this hat. It's it's NF, his hat. He's all about real. And for me, enough, like, when real life hits, we need a real life Jesus, yeah, a real life good. Savior. And it's it's bridging the gap between fairy tale gospel and real world problems. And it's like, no, Jesus is there. And so being in the small group, I realized these dudes were opening up about addictions with, with porn, with uh, sleeping with their girlfriends, you know, going out and partying, but it's, it's like they were broken over it. And I was like, Oh, we're going that route. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Um, this is kind of awkward, but there was, there was also an interest for me because I was like, I'd never been around it. Sunday school, Bible studies, it was always like, hey, let's put on our happy faces and put up our resumes and make us sound like we're, we're awesome. And so this was like <laughs> completely opposite. But what was amazing, man, is that through that, it was very redemptive because I was able to say, dude, I've, I struggle with all that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but knowing that Jesus is willing to take me as I am and cleanse me from that and change me was just like a foreign concept. So all these guys were like, you know, hey, can we disciple you? I'm like, sweet. What is that? Yeah. <laughs> and I remember, like, I just remember, like, what is discipleship? What is being discipled? Again, been to church my, my the first 18 years of my life, 19 years of my life, didn't know what that was about, which is really sad because that's a, actually a common denominator in a lot of churches, unfortunately. Um, so with that, I think that that's why a passion of mine is discipleship, and it's just doing life together. Um, one of my best friends, his name's Brent, um, uh, give him a follow Brent Chapman on Instagram, um, out in the Greensboro area, but we still keep in contact. He was in my wedding. I was in his and man, what was amazing is he was kind of the first older leader where he was only two years older than me is only two years older than me, where he was on the leadership team. And I say that in air quotes and because he was convicted about some stuff, he stepped down and then kind of took a back seat, and I got to see more discipleship from someone who wasn't in a leadership position than from people who were, and I I will always credit that to him, and I I thank him all the time, and I thank God for him because I was able to go to him about some struggles that I was having, and I couldn't go to, to leaders about that, and so I say that because that's to me is authentic, genuine discipleship, but also the transparency, knowing that God's big enough, He's redemptive enough, um, that if the gospel is true, which we believe it is, then you don't have to carry that weight. Yeah, you don't have to to have those shackles, those chains of of just depression and anxiety and worries about these these issues if you've accepted Christ. And so through that, I've also taken that with me and implemented it in my ministry to where. 
you know, I, I have friends who don't go to church who aren't Christians, but they know that they can be themselves around me. And I take great pride in that because I don't want people to be like, oh, he's a pastor. Shh, shh, shh. Yeah. Get your stuff together. Shh, shh, shh. It's like, you know, do I, do I like being respected? Sure. But at the same time, like I want to know the real you. Yeah. Um, because that's where Jesus meets us at. So that's kind of a, a long roundabout way. But with that, that's my story and also lines up my passions is just being real yeah. and connecting people to a real life Jesus who can, can do the changing for you. Yeah, man, absolutely. And and a couple of things I really like with, with your journey and your story was <clears throat> one, um, just how cool to see, you know, your, your heart was, wow, that's a really attractive young lady. And God's heart was, I'm getting him into this Bible study where I'm going to meet him in a raw, mm-hmm. real way that he hasn't experienced me before. Yeah. Um, and then two, I love, I, I just have a heart for like generational manhood, like one generation pouring into the next. So hearing about Brent and his impact in your life and the strong testimony that, you know, he was strong enough in his faith to realize that if God's convicting you as something, you know, that's going to impact your leadership, you know, step into step to where God needs to work on you at whether, whatever position and capacity that is. So that's super strong, man. Um, and obviously a recurring theme is discipleship. And I know that's kind of like your next chapter. So you're transitioning into the role as discipleship pastor. So, um, tell me a little bit about, um, you know, kind of what you're, what you're thinking about in your next stage, like how is discipleship going to be done with your leadership? How are you going to do it? Yeah. So what's really exciting is that, um, you know, discipleship obviously is something that most churches say they want to be about, but application to me is huge because you can say one thing, but I'm a details guy. Like (laughs) how are you going to do it? Right. And so um, vision with details is beautiful. And so um, I think that God has, gifted me in a unique way with that to where it's like you're relatable, but you're also detailed because some people that are detail oriented are dry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there's no passion, but then sometimes if you have so much passion, you know, it can rub off, but then if you don't have details to get it. So for me, man, um, you know, where, where I'm headed is um, it's really cool because there's a discipleship as a church and then there's life groups and then one-on-one. And so, um, you know, with me, I'll be partnering with our life group leaders, um, basically just hearing their hearts, um, you know, where I'll be at, uh, at the Orchard Church in Waynesville, North Carolina. It's, um, it's such a fast growing church that, um, right now they, they need a lot more groups for where they're at. Uh, and so it's really encouraging to know, like the lead pastor has a list of people who have the spiritual gift of teaching, and so part of, of my journey will be getting to know them, mm-hmm. their passions, and then helping them multiply and have their own group. And then basically within that group have structure. Mm-hmm. So basically you'll have um, people who um, will be tasked um, and delegated with keeping up, um, you know, like prayer chain, mm-hmm. um, kind of pastoral care. How can we be praying for you? Um, like a treasurer for like, and the missions. So like even within a life group, you know, of 10 to 20, you know, 25 people at most, um, you know, it's almost like a small church within the church. And so Mm -hmm. it's like, but that's when you do the sharpening because worship on Sunday, that is meant for corporate worship, gathering together to worship God. Life groups are the communal aspect. And so Mm -hmm. a lot of times people come to church and be like, I just didn't feel community. And it's like, I get that, but you know, that's, 
that's just one side of the coin. The other one is like, are you finding a group? Yeah. And so for me, you mentioned multi, you know, generational. And so for me, um, I love, you know, being at a church that's multi-generational because younger people need older people. Mm-hmm. Older people need younger people. Yep. Um, singles need married, marrieds need engaged and dating and all that. And we, we fit as a body mm-hmm. ears, make an awful foot, <laughs> yes. you know, the brain doesn't do a great job as a tooth. Yeah. Um, so with that, um, you know, just implementing those systems, but also like realizing that each one is their own entity. Like, and so it's like empowering that culture where it's like, we're not going to be so rigid that you have to fit in this box, but Hey, if your passion is, theology you know you might have 10 people whereas someone might be like their group might be hey let's see what god says about missions and serving Mm -hmm. and you might have 25 people and so they're both growing in discipleship but it's a catered to more of their passions and their giftings and Mm -hmm. really that will that's when you're going to see the church multiply and grow and then be able to add groups from there so yeah um and then the one-on-one discipleship piece um, I'll be equipping and training people who want to be disciple makers mm-hmm. and then pairing them up with people who sign up saying like me, you know, in 2014 where I'm like, what the heck's discipleship? Yeah. Whatever it is, I want a part of it. Mm-hmm. And so then it's taking people who sign up that want to be discipled and then me pairing them up, you know, two or three together. And then after, you know, 10 or 12 months, giving them the challenge to break off and do it again. So that way it's really an Acts 1-8 strategy. Yeah. That's cool, man. And, um, you know, I, uh, I haven't heard of too many churches doing the even smaller group, like the one-on-one or even like one-on-three or, mm-hmm. you know, really tight-knit groups. And uh, sometimes there's a little bit of that, like, uh, you know, if you go deeper in men's ministry, then there's like one-on-one or very, very small groups or in women's ministry if you go deeper. But, you know, as a church approaching discipleship that way, I really, I think that's really strong and going to make some really meaningful impact in people's lives because um, I know I've got a couple guys that, you know, speak into my life. And if I didn't have them around me, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have the encouragement I need to keep trooping along. I wouldn't have the wisdom to, you know, make the choices that I need to make. I wouldn't have the accountability to stay on the path. And uh, so I think that's super strong. Um, let me ask you this. Are, do you guys, are, do you have like a curriculum or are you going to develop the curriculum in house or how are you going to do that? Yeah. So it's a, it's a curriculum, I believe called exchange and I believe it's based out of Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've peeked at it, but, um, you know, haven't been able to officially dive too deep into it, but it's, it's a set standard across the board. So like anyone who's a life group leader, they're going to go, um, with that program. And so it's, it's nice to know that, you know, there's no deviation, yeah. you know, it's all, Hey, if you're going to be a life group leader, then we're going to be treading in this direction. Are you on board? And if not, no worries. But as a whole, we have to be one cohesive unit going in the same direction with the same purpose. And so it's exciting to know that, um, with that, that there's not going to be, you know, a group over here that's doing their own thing. And if something goes wrong at the church or whatever, then they're, they're breaking off or there's no accountability, um, and there's also a deacon within each group. So at oh, least cool. one deacon. Yeah. So that way there's also a bridge between staff and members um, to where, you know, the deacons are, are servant leaders, but they're also 
um, you know, there to shut down any rumors because unfortunately church people can <laughs> can talk. You, yeah. you you wouldn't know about that, you know. Oh no, no, that doesn't happen. Um, not saying not saying it's frequent or anything there, but um, but it's it's awesome to know that there's these these layers in place, these systems in yeah. place, um, to to be best guarded, but also like to empower and entrust and multiply. Yeah, and um, I, so I know this about you. You're you're obviously called to ministry, and we've talked about before that. Uh, you believe that ultimately you're, you know, down the road, you're going to be called to be a lead pastor. Um, so tell me a little bit about, you know, we heard, we heard your story of like when Jesus got a hold of you, but when, when did he like say, Justin kid, you're going to be in ministry. You're going to be in again, air quotes, but full-time professional ministry. When, when did that happen? And what were the kind of circumstances around that? So in regards to full-time ministry or calling to be a lead pastor? How about the first one, then the second one? How about both? <laughs> yeah, so um, so in college, so I went to college to be a history teacher, high school history teacher, and so a lot of the skills that I learned and developed um, with history, political science, writing, um, lesson planning, you know, uh, being able to um, teach both middle school, high school, all of those things, you know, I thought, that God was calling me to be a teacher, and he was, I just thought in a different capacity. And so it was awesome because, um, you know, went to college with that being my intention, but then when God gets a hold of you, you can either say yes or uh, yes later because <laughs> yeah. you're going to be miserable if you if you keep on pushing off. So anyways, so I, so I uh, am a junior, fast forward in college, and all of a sudden I start hitting all these walls like mm. of, you know, to get into student teaching, I need to raise my GPA by 0.1, but my got my counselor doesn't tell me until like a, a month or two left in the semester. I'm like, bro, you had a year. Why? You know, I've never been told this like and it was the only one the other teaching areas like you. you I would have been fine where I was at. But with history teaching, it's like you had to have a 0.1 higher on so I mm-hmm. busted my tail, and it's like I started hitting all these walls. I'm like, God, why is this so tough? Like, yeah. like I know that it's a grind in college, but this is hard. Like, all these things don't make sense. So finally I started asking God, like, is this, am I doing what I want or what you want? And uh, I remember talking to my dad, and he's like, you know, I just don't see why God wouldn't want you to be a, a, a high school history teacher. It's a noble profession. You don't make a lot of money. It's It's very honorable. And I was like, I don't know. I mean, I just know. Sometimes God has different ideas, and so I say out to say is that I had an opportunity my senior year um, to do an internship at a local church. Just didn't really feel led. I was still pursuing teaching, so held on to that. Graduated early. Um, only had one teaching interview. Didn't get it. Went into sales. During sales, I started serving in the student ministry at the church my wife and I were at the time, and then. Um, the next year, so in 2019, went on a mission trip to Lebanon. Mm. And at that point, it was in, uh, I believe, June of 2019 that I was over there, and I just felt like a, like just a passion and excitement that I hadn't felt. And I enjoyed working in sales. I was very good at it. Um, I was able to make really good money, and I just it started, my interest started going down. I was like, this doesn't make sense. I, you know, I'm a bit employee a month, back-to-back months. I'm doing well. Like I'm able to share the gospel. We even being a sales environment and like, but I started going downhill. And then when, when I went to Lebanon 
and started serving these people. I talked to one of my buddies who was leading the trip, and uh, we talked in his hotel room in Lebanon, I remember, and he was like, dude, I, I can see you going into ministry. And so at that point, I started praying for a couple months, like, you know, God, do I have permission to leave where I'm at? Are you calling me to do this? Um, I had a second ministry opportunity to do students um, part-time, but it was going into my wife and I getting married, and it was just going to be like two days a week um, yeah. on my two days off. And so it's just I didn't have a piece about that. Well, then the third opportunity came a couple months later when I was at sales and uh, got introduced to um, this lead pastor um, at Arden. And so then we started meeting up, talking, and then he had a position open, and me and my wife prayed about it. Um, you know, even taking a, a pay cut and, and getting into the administrative side, you know, we just had that peace. Yeah. And so from there, it was, it's been, been, been no looking back. And so that was right two months before COVID hit. Yeah. So then. What so, timing? What timing? Yeah. So then I'm like, God, you got a sense of humor, man. Like, yeah. let me tell you. Um, and so fast forward, I move in, move out of the office role at, at the beginning of 2021. And then, um, over the summer is when I really started feeling like God was preparing me for to be a lead pastor one day. And it was, it was crazy because a year ago you'd asked me, I could see myself going a million different ways, but I don't know if I quite desired to be a lead pastor, but yeah, you know, I, again, part of my desire and burden is seeing how our generation and the next generation is with this world, with a, a pandemic. Mm. We can't quite call it post COVID because every week there's a new strand or something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I don't think that that's going to leave anytime soon. There's always going to be something. But all that being said is that the church has, the capital C church has a voice like it hasn't had in a long time. And what I mean by that is people, as great as the mega church is, as great as the production is, the lights, the camera, the smoke, all that, people are looking and searching for genuine answers. Yeah. Whereas before it was convenient to go to church or you know, whatnot, but now people are looking for answers. And I feel like for me, like God has gifted me the ability to communicate in a way that um, I'm hungry for the scriptures because I was a history major. I know how to think critically and analytically, but also how to, to chew that up and spit it out to where it's like, well, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. That explains a lot of the brokenness, a lot of the hurt. You mean Jesus is, is with me and, and came to me? I didn't make my way to him. And so all that being said is that, you know, you, you see all these scandals and all these these you know churches that are just folding and it's it's because the the mark has been missed and I'm not saying that I'm incapable of doing that I'm one bad decision away from being in yeah. the news but um but all that being said is that God's really honed that in on me and and really mm -hmm. dug that in me where it's like you know you're gonna have to lead differently this next generation mm -hmm. it's gonna sound different it's gonna smell different it's gonna look different it's gonna it's gonna be different yeah but the thing at the end, Every generation is different. It's it's not like this is anything groundbreaking, but I don't know what that necessarily looks like. But I just between my heart for people, my heart for the Lord, and just I think a way of learning how to teach, especially difficult scriptural passages and whatnot. Um, you know, it's just it's it's a it's a passion of mine, and honestly, I just don't see myself doing anything else yeah. with my life as long as I can, you know, help that. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, and you, you touched on just generationally, like the hunger. And I see that too. And I'd even, um, and maybe you can confirm or tell me I'm, I'm completely off the mark, but I'd say in Western North Carolina, like the Asheville area, 
there's there's almost a deeper hunger than I see anywhere else. And obviously, since I live here, I'm more in tune with it, maybe. But I mean, it really seems like Western North Carolina. There's just a, a genuine openness and desire to find truth in faith. Mm-hmm. And I think I think it's fertile ground. I mean, what what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's it's challenging, but the field is wide open because when you talk specifically about Asheville, I have a heart for Asheville and ultimately like I lo- like you hear a lot of Christians or whatever say, Oh, I don't go down where the freaks are in downtown Asheville. I'm like, why not? Like <laughs> why not take the gospel? <laughs> We're the, all freaks. To Come the on. Darkest area yeah. in West North Carolina, but that's just me. Yeah. Um again, I'm an outcast. I'm I'm an outlier, I'm an anomaly, whatever you want to call me, but I like being outnumbered yeah. metaphorically speaking, because like and that's nothing about me. I just I like being where the gospel isn't. And I think it's Romans fifteen ten. Paul saying my desire is to take the gospel where it hadn't been preached. Yeah. And so for me it's like being in the Bible belt, there are areas where it's like, all right, you're going in there and even people that don't go to church, they're good boys and good girls and have heard and and know the songs and the hymns and all those things. But like you go to downtown Asheville and you got people that they don't they don't have a problem with Jesus. Um but that's that's because they equate him to the thousands of other idols that they have, and so for me that's that's why I say it's the field is open because they are open, but it's challenging because yeah. for me it's easier for me to convince an atheist yeah. than someone who is just go with the flow. It's all the same route, you know, open yeah. spirituality. That's that's tougher because it's like they're open to it, but to say Jesus is, is exclusive, yeah. That's where they they have the pushback. But again, I mean, it's all relationally. Um, you know, I just like being in the area. For example, like there was a waitress one time at a restaurant I went to, and uh, I always try to ask if they have, if they have tattoos. You know, just tell me about your tattoo. Were you yeah drunk? Did you have two hundred dollars? Were you just <laughs> bored? Like, what's the, what's the story? And so, there's this lady who was a waitress, and she had a Greek goddess on her arm, and I I knew about it, but I just want to see what she said. Long story short, I found out she grew up in a Christian home. She's not Christian now. She likes the Greek goddess agenda because it shows female empowerment. It shows that the uh, she said the story's been changed to improve, and that um, in that um, she just loves you know what it represents. And so I was able to talk to her about God being referred to as the Most High, kind of connect Greek mythology with Yahweh being the Most High in the Old Testament, mm-hmm. and talking about how you, no matter what way you slice it, you can't make this story any better. Jesus empowered women; he elevated them in a culture, and so it's. I just like those kinds of things, and I think that the church has missed the mark as a whole, at least in America, in the South, um, at just just not even trying. They just write yeah. those people off, and I'm like, oh, those are souls, man. Yeah. Like, just have a conversation. Ask them. Don't judge them. Yeah. Like, I mean, if they say no thanks, then then that's one thing, but just to, just to say those are the freaks downtown, no. like, what is that? That's showing that that you're higher than they are in the hierarchy of earning your salvation, which <laughs> nope. goes completely. That's the antithesis of the gospel. Yep, we're all on even ground. So I don't know. Welcome to my TED talk. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Well, I completely agree with you because we have to love the people around us enough to have the uncomfortable conversations, and they're good conversations. They're about Jesus and the gospel and what He's done for us and what we don't have to do as a result of what he's done. And, uh, um, you know, I think that's, that's a big challenge for all of us. 
it's not that we don't have opportunities that God puts in front of us every single day. It's that we don't capitalize on them because we have the fear of man or, you know, we just can't be bothered. We're too busy, et cetera, et cetera. And so I think the big challenge for us is to put all those uh, obstacles completely aside and have those conversations. So, yeah, I agree with you, man. And uh, so let me let me ask you this. So far in ministry, what what has been what's let's like your your favorite like story for ministry or like God showed up in a big way or God transformed my life or somebody else's what what's like been something that just is big to you and you really really are thankful for that time and that moment man you didn't prep me for this I'm sorry mm. I I didn't I didn't give you enough notes on the front end aka I gave you no notes well I will say <laughs> that the pause isn't because of lack of stories let me just say that because there's not, too many probably yeah, there's so many that I will say for me personally being able to baptize my brother oh cool um try not to get emotional because it's just amazing it's okay I call, man. I call my my big little brother because now he's he's like six two like almost 200 pounds jacked i'm yeah. not <laughs> i used to be not six two and 200 pounds but you know i was a little more chiseled this just plays a role of how i got my wife but you know um <laughs> no nah, but i will say um being able to kind of see the same background of my brother to where I was able to implement kind of the same story that God got a hold of me by of saying like, Hey, you're a good kid. That's not enough. And it took, it took, it took years. It took God's faithfulness. It took so many prayers. It took God chiseling away, but to be able to see him accept the Lord. And then it was about a year later um, where he was ready to go through baptism and, um, we baptized them in our bathtub on Thanksgiving day with our family there. And he was so long, he didn't even fit in the bathtub. <laughs> and so like my wife took a video and I, uh, she, like we did it in slow-mo and it's it almost, I'm pretty sure I can custom, um, going under, he like hit the back of his head cause he couldn't fit in there. Oh my but goodness. man, just such a powerful That's moment. Um, really just in my entire ministry, whatever church I'm at, whatever, like, and maybe that's just because it's my brother, but I really love my brother. And so to be a part of that, to be the one to, to go through that with him and be there, um, that meant a lot to me. Yeah. Um, but another one was just, um, on a, on a church wide angle was, um, you know, coming to Arden, they didn't have a young adults or college ministry. And so being able to, um, with my passion, my background from college, you know, ministry, being able to start that from zero yeah. um, and really see God just bless it af uh, of two years of just faithfulness. And there was so much sweat and hard work and prayers and coffees and connections <laughs> and a couple people, you know, breaking away and saying, I don't, I don't want this you're not a pastor, you're, you don't have any authority and like going through some major, major ministry soul wounds yeah. to get to this point where it's like, man, like, you know, being able to, to start that when it wasn't there to bring people that weren't a part of this church, you know, two years ago, just to see like the consistency and the relationships built from that. Um, that's a, that's a special mosaic for me just to see the whole artwork yeah. of, you know, it, you know, some days we'd have more than others, but it was like, you know, you walk into the room and it was like just family. 
and those are cliches, but seriously, it's like when you got somebody who comes in and all of a sudden they don't, they're like staying 30 minutes later, like after it ends, like hanging out, like that's, that's culture. And that's something that matters to me. And just to be able to do that and have people from all kinds of backgrounds, you know, people with lesbian moms, people with um, church hurt, people with um, that were atheists. Like it, it's just a, a it was an awesome um, thing that God did here um, that I'm super grateful for yeah. um, and have a passion for for creating a creating a faith for these for these young adults and college students to have of their own, not just because their parents or whatever told them to. Yeah, that's good, man. That's strong. Um, and I'm sure, you know, just, uh, just hanging out with you, man, I know that God's got more stuff in store for you and, uh, more, you know, ministry work to chunk through and more blessings and more stories like that. So I'm, I'm already really excited to see what's, what's next for you and everything. And, uh, uh, let me ask you this, dude. So I know, um, I know you're a reader. So uh, tell me, tell me, kind of what you're reading right now, or what you've read lately that's just been like world shaping for you. Yeah, I um, well, I have you know, I set a goal. So I, backstory is until college, when I was started really walking with Jesus, I wasn't a reader. Yeah, which is ironic because like even to this day, like I don't. I don't willingly read unless it's something that I want to, which I think most people do, but some yeah. people it's like they'll read anything. But for me, um, you know, I was the kid that like I forged my parents' signature to show in elementary school that I read <laughs> stuff. Like I, I, I just, mm-hmm. you know, I was, <laughs> I wasn't a reader, um, but, um, but I'm just, I've grown hungry. I think that's, that's been a, a total God, God move. Um, but right now, man, I'm trying to finish up. Uh, the book that you actually gave me, and that's okay. The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. It's good, right? Um, gosh, dude, like I'm maybe a third of the way done, and it's already one of the, if not the most impactful book, one of them in my whole yeah. journey. Um, and so for me, um, I was actually recently gifted his 2021 book of uh, Live No Lies, mm. which I didn't even know he dropped. <laughs> I didn't know he dropped one, but um, I'm, so that'll kind of be on my next my next read after this one, but yeah, John Mark Comer has a way of, of putting it and, you know, 2020 and 2021, um, I've just really desired healthy, emotional and spiritual growth. Yeah. Health. Yep. Um, because you know, John Mark Comer puts in his book, you can gain a whole church and yet you forfeit your soul. And I was like, gosh, dude. Mm -hmm. Um, so anyways, I'm, I'm trying to learn from others so that way, not saying that I won't make mistakes, but yeah. I try to be best prepared. And so, but that, that book has stepped on my toes. It's got up in my grill, mm-hmm. but I'm the kind of guy that I need that. I need to be challenged. Yeah. I, don't, I don't need a feel good yeah. kumbaya moment, you know, <laughs> so, but Comer, man, he brings it, but it's so applicable and it's relevant. And I yeah. think that uh, if you haven't read it yet, it's, it's not irrelevant. Any, yeah. Anyone's going to, going to grow from that book. Yeah, I agree, man. I, I, that's probably been one of the most formative books that I've read and, uh, I, I highly recommend it as well. And, uh, maybe someday, uh, he'll, he'll be on the show. Who the knows? Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Yeah. What a brutal title. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I love like the, the neon highlighter red that yes. the book is because it just, it always captures your attention. You're like, I have to read that because it's on my nightstand and it's bright red. Looks like it's in fuego. Fuego. <laughs> uh, cool, man. So uh, I tell you what, 
um, that's, that's pretty much, uh, all I had. Was there anything like final wisdom nuggets or anything that is just burning on your heart that we didn't get a chance to chat, chat about yet? Um, man, I would just say that one thing I, I didn't, uh, music plays a huge part in my okay. ministry. Yeah. Um, I've always loved music, but especially, um, with my spiritual development, like, I don't know why I just relate to music real well. And so yeah. for me, like hip hop speaks volumes. And before I was, uh, before I was saved, you know, I would listen to, to Drake and Lil Wayne and those guys. And, and, uh, I actually went to, to Brant one day and, and I was like, dude, I'm, I love hip hop, but I feel so convicted. You got any sources? And yeah. he's like, bruh, get out <laughs> your phone right now. Let me give you these names. So, man, um, I will say this morning, I mean, I was listening. One of my favorites is Andy Mineo. And yeah. just, you know, I talked about being real and authentic and genuine. And, and honestly, dude, like his journey through music and his creativity uh, and and inter- integrating his Christian faith with it, he's caught some slack over the years with, oh, you don't talk about Jesus enough or it's not in every lyric. But I will say, like, it's a it's ministered to me because he's talked about, like, you can be angry, you can feel these things and not be less of a Christian. Yeah. And so for me, like he's talked about, you know, struggles with the relationship with his dad. He's talked about, um, you know, things where he felt insecure, like his identity was in the wrong places. He did a podcast called Work in Progress. So, so we didn't, I didn't talk really about music, but Andy Minio, KB, Cray, yeah. NF, Tripoli, um, I'm, I'm missing a couple, but those guys, they just, uh, uh, show Baraka, um, you know, those guys, um, you know, they've ministered to me through their music. And if yeah. you've never heard any of their stuff, man, go look it up. Uh, yeah. it's refreshing. And especially with a hip hop, with a hip hop culture, uh, you don't have a lot of edifying stuff. Yeah. And so it's counterculture to be in the hip hop genre and be uplifting and not demeaning to women or talk about weed and drugs and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I agree, man, and uh, I, I love Andy Minio too, and the other guys you mentioned. Like, if if I'm in the gym, and I need to like hit a big lift, you know, I'm like I'm going for a one rep max today. You know, I'm playing. I ain't done. You know, that's what's on my I, on my Spotify. <laughs> that's literally the end of the song where he's like he's like beatboxing that. That's awesome, man. So uh, cool, dude. Well, um, obviously, so excited about your next chapter, man. Um, do you mind if I pray us out? Go ahead, man. Appreciate it. Heavenly Father, just, uh, man, I want to, oh, just so excited for Justin. Um, and I can see your hand on him. I can see your hand on uh, the ministry you're calling him to. And uh, Lord, just, I don't even know what, what he needs to be equipped with, but you do. So just uh, equip him, give him out of your divine armory and your divine vastness and of everything just exactly what he needs the wisdom he needs when he needs it the uh, clarity when he needs it the uh, strength and the peace and the joy when he needs it Uh, just always have that on tap for him lord and uh, we just ask that uh, as men you continue to sanctify us even when it's uncomfortable Um, and uh, we thank you for uh, disciplining us you say you discipline who you love and when we get out of line, uh, Lord, just thank you for that. We're grateful that you keep us, keep us in your loving will and uh, bring us back to yourself. And uh, Lord, we just ask that uh, um, against our flesh, against the distractions of this world, that you just uh, continue to fight for us to 
to keep us near to you and to abide with you and be in your presence. And uh, uh, Heavenly Father, we know that uh, that's your heart to be with us and for your glory. And uh, so we thank you for these things. We pray them in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Appreciate right. you, man. Yeah, man. Back at you. Back at you. So once you get settled in at uh, the Orchard Church, definitely want to have you back and kind of hear hear what God's doing with you over there. Yeah. And uh, at the Orchard NC. Ooh. That's okay. Their Instagram. Give it a follow. At the Orchard NC. All right. We'll put in the show notes, man. We'll put in the show notes. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, uh, thank you so much for hanging out with us. And uh, um, I really don't have anything else in closing. So as always, guys, you're loved, you're sent. Get out of here. Have some fun out there. Be blessed. Catch you on the next go around. Later.